Love Talk Radio. Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show, giving you weekly sports analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Jay Raff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 163rd episode of the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show. I'm your host, Joe Mays, and I'm joined this week once again by co-host Jay Raff. Yeah, it's... Uh... Good to be back. It's been a few weeks, um, you know, since I've been around and able to do the show. Uh, but um, plenty, plenty to talk about. Kind of looking back and and a little bit going forward. Uh, we'll, we have some cool things to talk about on the show uh, today in in regards to both of those. Um, but it's good to be back on the air and and lots to talk about. And I I said to Joey how you know due to certain things you know that have been going on the last few weeks for me, um, I haven't necessarily. Um, you could have left that on. Uh, <laughs> um, I haven't necessarily been, you know, in the deep end of the sports pool like I normally am living there. Um, so I'm actually I, I've been looking forward to th- this weekend getting back and getting a chance to talk about all kinds of things that I really haven't talked about uh, much over the last uh, week or so or a couple weeks. Yeah, and you just said that you didn't see a single moment of the Super Bowl live. I did not. You I got not. caught up in the week that, that just the, was. And actually, the only highlight I have seen, like the actual video, was the um, – The highlight that we're going to show over no, and over and over again? No, the touchdown at half that right before. Oh, half okay. Half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've seen still shots and I've seen lots of things about. Well, you're going to um, see the, the uh, pinnacle of the yeah, game yeah. over and over and over again so, while we talk about it. Right, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So obviously we're going to be recapping Super Bowl 49, Super Bowl XLIX here uh, on the Joe Mays and J Rap show this week, and uh, it gives Justin an opportunity to talk about the Patriots and Seahawks, which he didn't get to do last weekend. Again, I want to thank uh, Zach Williams for filling in for you. Yeah, an awesome job. Good things. Good things. Um, you know, he is he is buying for an open seat. You know, if something would happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say. I heard good things, and um, that kind of disappoints me because the seat's a little warmer this week. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are uh, you're under fire here. Uh, you got a couple people, you know, that have filled in well. So, you know. I just ask that we don't put it to a fan vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think, I think that would be bad news for me. A lot of the fans that watch the show are my family, and you don't happen to share the opinions as they do. I think even if they respect your opinions, they probably want to get you out. Right. Of if we put it to a fan vote, being the contrarian, for the sake of being the contrarian, <laughs> not because they're the views I actually hold, might come back to bite me. So, um, yeah, I, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to change my change my tune a little bit. Well, yeah. we're. We're going to do the Super Bowl I'm, recap I'm going to be first. more of a voice of the people. <laughs> hey, just 50.1% is all you need. Hey, that's right. That's right. If it's enough to win you the, the presidency, as we've learned over the last I couple of decades. I the popular vote. Yeah. But if I win. If you learn electoral college, yeah, that's all yeah. you need. You don't Absolutely. need. You can lose. Seriously, the majority of people may not want you in the White House, but as long as the electoral college wants you there, hey. Win, win is a win. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll we'll recap Super Bowl Forty Nine. You know, I'm sure you've heard everyone talk about it everywhere because it's once again the most watched show in uh, TV history. Was a Super Bowl. It peaked 
at halftime with the Katy Perry halftime show. Um, but there were points during the game that. For the record, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen <laughs> so any. You don't of know that anything either. about Left Shark. I've heard about Left Shark, but I, I'll be honest, I don't get it. People already have tattoos of Left right, Shark. I didn't see it. I don't get it. I kind of like. It's one of those where, like, when people joke about it, I'm like, ha ah, ah, ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I just awkward laugh. Because we always we joke about this too. Like, who are the people that never <laughs> see the Super Bowl or don't get the references? Well, this year I am that person. I I don't I don't get it. But anyway, uh, yeah, plenty to talk about. I'm excited to get a chance to kind of break it down a little bit. Um, give some of my thoughts on it because I as I've been collecting bits and pieces here and there. Um, you know, I've been coming up with some of my thoughts. And again, some of them may be way off, you know, because I didn't get to see it live and, and get a chance to kind of give that rapid reaction that that normally we have. Um, that's one of the cool things I like about our Sunday shows is, um, you know, as we're watching those afternoon games and the scores, we're giving like up to date yeah. like, kind of information. The early games, while still really close to the end of those. Even as the show goes on, sometimes our views on those games start to kind of change with respect to the other things that happened that week because, uh, you know, we're starting to kind of digest that a little bit more. Um, so having a chance to recap this Super Bowl will be fun. Before even getting into the contact until we've already received our first text. Oh, good. And this text good. comes from Bill. He says, if you do replace <laughs> J-Raph, don't get another Eagle fan. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. I, I would think uh, right. the, the people that our choices are down to, um, you know, ones that I would choose as co-host. Um, you know, we got Zach last week. He's an Eagles fan. We've had Greg on a couple of times. He's yeah. an Eagles fan. We've had Pat on a few times. Yeah. He's an Eagles fan. And we've had Adam on a few times. He's a Bills fan. Um, but I know my dad's history with Adam. I don't think he would want Adam on the show either. Right, right. So look at it this way, Bill. I'm I'm the best you've got. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, besides, uh, besides Super Bowl 49, we're also going to revisit our – Oh, God, our awful preseason predictions. Uh, during the year, I thought we had done pretty well. If we did it like golf and we just wanted to like get the lowest score possible, we would have been on to something. We hit on one or two things that I kept, kept thinking about during the year, but now looking back on it, oh, man, we did not do very no, well. No, it was no. not. Not a very good one. And, again, some of it, I felt like this year more than many in recent memory, especially since we've kind of been putting these on the record, um, I feel like – there were a lot of teams where I'm like, oh, this trend is going to end this week. This trend is going to end this week. This trend is going to end this week. No, it was there were season-long trends. Um, and we'll get into some of those. I'm sure everybody can kind of think of some of them right away. But um, we'll get into some of those as we as we go into recapping kind of some of those predictions. Bill says that um, you being the lesser of two evils or the best options, not saying too much. I, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's dive in and give you our contact information so um, people, other people can take advantage other than my right. father. Right. Um, there's other people that – or there's other ways to contact us. There's phone, email, Facebook, Twitter, and Justin's going to get you started on that info. Yeah, we'd love to have you contact the show. Um, you know, the more interaction, the better. A great way to get in touch with us during the show is uh, – through the phone number, like Joey said, you can call uh, the May Sandra Shop hotline. Uh, that number is 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also email the show using the May Sandra Shop inbox at jomaysandjraf at gmail.com. Again, jomaysandjraf at gmail.com. And we're also all over social media, like Joey mentioned. Yeah, we have a Facebook fan page. You can like us there. We have a Twitter account. You can follow us at jomaysandjraf. Okay. Before we do the football stuff, the Super Bowl recap, and revisiting our preseason predictions, I think this is a good time to announce 
what's coming up for us. We have a, an exciting week ahead. Besides finishing in the last half an hour of this show, we actually have two shows this coming week. Um, so we're going to really be on the air three times in the span of a week uh, before taking a break. But the reason we're doing that is we're really excited to announce that um, – Friday and Saturday, Friday, February 13th, and Saturday, February 14th, yes, Friday the 13th and Valentine's Day, um, we will be joining the students, faculty, and staff at Wilson High School at their um, mini-thon event, which is a, a smaller version of the Penn State Dance Marathon. A lot of the high schools in Pennsylvania and the surrounding states have joined in um, to fighting pediatric cancer with uh, Penn State Hershey Medical Center and the Four Diamonds Fund. And Wilson started their event last year in 2014. Their goal was to raise $10,000, and they more than doubled that. They raised over $23,000 the first year of the event. Uh, this year, they've set a huge goal of $50,000, and we'll be there to take part. We're actually scheduled to be live on the air during the community carnival this Friday, the 13th, at the Wilson High School Gymnasium from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So you can tune in on Ustream and Blog Talk Radio this Friday evening uh, to hear us do our show. And during the show, besides talking about the sports world at large, we'll also be talking to a bunch of uh, Wilson athletes. We've already have a, a few of them lined up. We're possibly going to be interviewing some of the Thon families and the Thon children and um, talking about some of the Thon um, committee members. It's just going to be a, a great time to talk sports and to talk about community and to talk about a great uh, charity, one that's very close uh, to me and, and my wife and the whole Penn State community, and it's wonderful. I'm that I'm really excited that Wilson has gotten involved last year and now the second year, and um, it's a privilege to be able to do our show from there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, like you mentioned, there's there's so many um, good things going on. Um, our show is an incredibly small part of that, but we just want to kind of celebrate it with them and be part of it, being part of the Wilson community, show our support and kind of give any support that we can. Um, like you said, you you and your wife have been involved for a long time um, at multiple different levels, um, you know, uh, through through Penn State. And I'll be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot. Of, I knew what Thon was um, since I was actually a, a little kid. When I was younger, um, one of one of my good friends growing up, his uh, younger brother uh, was actually they were one of the Thon families. Um, and you know, they they obviously had some some rough times and when things didn't look good, but Thon was always a highlight for them number year after year going up to Penn State and getting uh, the royal treatment and going out. On, I remember him coming back and we were kids in elementary school at this point, And he came back and told me how he and his brother got to go out onto the field at Beaver Stadium, even though they weren't supposed to be allowed to. You know, they're not going to say no to, right. to the Thon kids. And so they got to like run out into the end zone and stuff like that. So just like cool things like that. I mean, that actually did have a good ending. You know, um, there, he, he actually survived. He's a survivor Excellent. now. And, you know, that, they're removed almost maybe probably closing in 20 years uh, on that, awesome. too. So that, that's really cool. Um, but, you know, so those ties go back. But I didn't really know. I knew about mini-thons. And I know that some schools did them. I had no idea how big some of them have really gotten. And yeah. for Wilson, I know Mifflin has had a really big one. Like, they've, they've done really well. Um, I know Wilson last year – they kind of like we're getting into it and everybody was really excited, but they didn't really know exactly how it was going to turn out. And they were really pleased with how it turned out. I'm glad they set a high goal for themselves. I know Cumberland Valley. It's funny because we yeah. talk about a bunch of these schools. I think they raised over a million dollars or something. Like well, no, this, they raised over 200 some this okay. year, but okay. in a couple okay. of year total, they're right. over a million. Yeah, already. Like, yeah. That, that's so cool. You know, and, and they it, just had theirs this it, weekend. It's funny because we talk about some of these schools on our show mm -hmm. at other times. Oh, yeah. 
usually for sports related stuff, it's really cool to get a chance to talk about these schools and something where everybody's kind of coming together. I know Wilson Mifflin did a combined fundraiser yep. a few weeks ago, community basketball game, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's funny because again, like I mentioned, these are the schools that compete at the highest level in numerous areas. Um, it's cool to see them kind of come together and, and all rally around something, um, you know, so important to so many people on that note, I saw, um, I, don't, I don't know if you saw, I believe Ohio State held their first version. Uh, you know, it's a scaled down thing, but I saw something, it was called like uh, like Buckeye-thon or something like that. And, you know, they used uh, um, for the kids, the, you know, and uh, they they raised some money this year too. Like, you know what? And, and again, that's just another perfect example. Well, they, there's competitions at all kinds of levels, high school, um, obviously intercollegiate athletics, um, this is something where everybody's kind of on the same page, and it's it's a good thing. Um, it, it's a good thing to support at any level that you can. Yeah, and um, I actually have a little bit of a uh, a bit of their promo video I'm going to play here just to kind of get you a better idea of the event and the involvement of the Wilson community. Uh, and then we'll be back here in just a, a minute or two. It's a five minute long video. I'm not going to be able to play the whole thing, uh, but I will uh, play that for you now. And hopefully, if you're watching, you'll be able to see it. They can't hear us. Our mics are off. Okay. Cameron, she had Shane, who was oldest, and 
she has three brothers. Um, Shane, I coached in baseball. He's graduated from Penn State. He also did the work at Disney thing. I think kind of like your sister did. Um, so, and then there was, I can't think of it. Okay. Okay, well, that's a little bit of the promotional video that Wilson and uh, the Four Diamonds Fund put out for Wilson Mini Thon 2015. Again, that event will be this coming Friday and Saturday, the 13th and 14th of February. It's a week before the Penn State Dance Marathon, the main event up in State College. We will be live on the track around the gymnasium Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. So come out to Community Carnival and watch us live. Yeah, I think I think Community Carnival is five dollars um, for adults to get in. And again, it's part of the fundraiser. Um, Three, kids three and under, I think, are free. I, I, it, yeah, I think they are. part of the deal. And we'll actually be live the next morning from 4.30 to 6.30. The event ends at 6, so we will be broadcasting when they do the reveal leading up to 6 a.m., and then we'll wrap up our thoughts there at the end. So um, for those of you, you know, that aren't involved and can't be there to see the end, we will be there for you. We will have um, live uh, video and audio of us talking and of the event going on and everything surrounding the end of uh, the 12-hour um, mini-thon. So, Tune in if you're up early on a Saturday morning on Valentine's Day and uh, check out uh, us uh, broadcasting live from the Wilson Minithon. Yeah, so it, it should be an exciting week. Uh, definitely kind of uh, ramp, ramping up to, to a big event here. So it should be cool to see how things turn out. Okay, so now um, before we dive into the football talk, you probably see bouncing around on your screen the um, there's a little bit of a, a, a link that has popped up on Ustream and it's on our videos, both live and recorded. And it's actually a link to donate to Minithon. So if you're not in the area and you uh, want to uh, donate to the uh, the cause, you can. You can just click on the, uh, the little red and white bulldog uh, donate to a Minithon uh, link that I have there uh, on the uh, Ustream, Ustream feed. And uh, it will take you to the donation page. And every little bit counts. And uh, we're, we're hopeful that... Uh, we're able to reach a new audience for those people that can't be there at the event, um, be it here or at Penn State in a few weeks. Um, you know, like Justin said, every little bit counts. It all goes to the cause. Um, so there's that opportunity there if uh, anyone chooses to do so. Okay, Super Bowl 49. I can't believe it was just a week ago. It feels like it was a while ago, I guess just because of how much talk is going on about right, it because right. of the way the game ended. We haven't seen a Super Bowl end like that in a while. I know a lot of the games have been really good over the years. If I remember correctly, looking back, I think of the last like 13 Super Bowls, only two or three of them have been crappy games. I was going to say, um, you know, when we have um, a couple of these things, uh, w when we look at it, um, you know, like last, like this year was a good game. Uh, last year was not. <laughs> the year before that, I believe that was the Ravens and the 49ers Super Bowl which was also a, a really close game. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, and then the lights went out for 45 minutes, and, you know, that, that kind of changed everything. Um, it kind of uh, 
as as the years have gone on, like you said, over the last few years, it, it's been a number of, of good games, um, but you couldn't really ask for much more um, in terms of being a good game than at least, you know, at least coming down to the wire than, than the game we had last Sunday. Yeah, and the game was um, kind of what we expected, you know. The um, It was back and forth. It was a good game. There was a lead. We had a comeback. We had everything involved. Obviously, everyone knows now that the final score was 28-24 in favor of New England. Um, as the event moved on, at least in the third quarter, it didn't look like it was going to be uh, Brady and Belichick's fourth victory. It looked like it was going to be back-to-back wins for for the Seahawks, which wouldn't have been the first time coincidentally since the Patriots did it 10 years ago. So, you know, what happened at the end? Well, the, the play at the end of the game is just – there's so many aspects to it that you don't think about. And um, we're going to get to that, but I think we should go over most of the game first before settling on that final play. So um, uh, the, the game was really close. We know that this final score is only four-point difference, but we we see in total yards, actually, the Seahawks outgained the Patriots, 396 yards to 377 Um Patriots obviously relied more on the passing game, whereas the um, Seahawks re- relied more on the rush. And you can see a 320 pass, 57 rush for the Pats, 234 pass, 162 rush for the Seahawks. Um, pretty even distribution of first downs. Um, the tale of third down conversions, I think, tells a lot in that the Seahawks, I don't know, were they, it, it's interesting to look at because they jumped out to a 24 to 14 lead, but they were pathetic on third down. They were only converting three out of 10. So, you know, if they were clicking, maybe the game would have been even, you know, a bigger lead, which the Patriots couldn't have overcome. You know, they also, people will say, well, the Seahawks were clearly a better team. They weren't playing their best. They still had a lead and end up, you know, losing on a screw play. Um, but the Patriots were also doing what is supposedly one of the greatest defenses of all, of all time were converting a better than a 50% clip on third down. That's huge be able to continue rolling, keep that defense on the field, especially now that we know how beat up the Legion of Boom was right, in this game. Right. Yeah, uh, like when you look at that, that that's one of the things, um, you know, it, it didn't look like the Patriots were going to be able to um, get it done. Uh, it looked like um, Seahawks had, had gained momentum and had kind of, you know, um, you, know, you kind of thought maybe the Patriots would come flying back out in the second half, and they did not. Um, so then you're like, oh, man, maybe – but actually, the opposite. The, the Seahawks were the ones that kind of jumped out, and then. But I, I did in a little bit that I have talked to you about this. I think I was talking to you. It's just it when they weren't able to keep adding it on. Like when they, I know they were up. Um, they were up double digits. Were they up twenty four fourteen? Yeah, twenty four fourteen. Right. Yeah, they're up twenty four fourteen. You, you know, if they can make it like twenty seven, or you know, or get that other touchdown. I know that's a huge difference. You're doubling like the lead almost. But the, the Patriots, you know, can put up 10 points like that. Or they can put up 14 points like that, you know, and they kind of did. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're left with, with the Seahawks, who I, who actually in this game, you know, put up points in a hurry at times and almost did it again at the end. Um, but they're, they're not a team that's necessarily you, traditionally built to do that. They, they have been able to do it, but they're not – uh, built the same way as the Patriots, who were able to turn it on in the fourth quarter and get it done. And Tom Brady was kind of vintage Tom Brady. Um, 
and the defense stepped up when they needed to. That was the key. Brady, again, kind of like the Ravens game, and we kind of talked about this before. Yeah, I, It's tough for me to really gauge this because I did not see the game, but it kind of seems like another one where the, not that they won in spite of Tom Brady, but like he wasn't the biggest factor. You know what I mean? Like he, he played a big role in the game. He, he played great, but he wasn't, it wasn't like some quarterback going out there and just lighting the world on fire and he just wasn't going to be stopped. No, that wasn't really the case. You know, I think on um, the defense turning it on when their backs were against the wall, because down 24, 14, if, if it gets more than that, Game over. Oh, yeah. You know, game over with, with the players on the other side and the defense. Even as beat up as we said, you know, being down three possessions to the Seahawks in the second half, you're not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And uh, when the the Patriots kind of towed that line a little bit, but they stepped up across the board when it mattered most. Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking of Brady, he was the MVP. He went 37 of 50 for 328 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. The the second one was a beautiful play by Bobby Wagner. The first one was a head scratcher. That one really, I was like, what is he doing? He threw it to a guy, or if he was trying to throw it to a guy, I couldn't even see him on the screen. Uh, it was picked off by Jeremy Lane, which coincidentally could have ended up helping them win because he then went out with, I think, a broken elbow. Right. and didn't play the rest of the game, and they picked on Therald Simon, his replacement, for at least one, if not two touchdowns or and a couple big plays. Um, so really that first interception, which was ugly, um, ended up probably helping the Patriots in the long run. Uh, Russell Wilson, his quarterback counterpart on the other side of the field, was 12 of 21 for 247 yards, two touchdowns, but one pick. And that's the pick that everyone is talking about. Um, now, for for all intents and purposes, um, the Patriots to me, and I tweeted this out, I was tweeting a little bit from the show account during the game, I really thought the Patriots were the better team in the first half. Even though it went to halftime tied 14-14, the way the Patriots were moving the ball, even though they only had two touchdowns, I just thought that they had a better grasp. I thought their line was playing better. I thought Brady was playing much better than Russell Wilson. Um, and the Patriots' defense was hanging in there. Now, a gutsy play call by Pete Carroll and the, the, and the offensive staff you know, led them to score the tying touchdown before half with like two or three seconds. You know, otherwise, I, I really – I thought the score was deceiving. I thought the Patriots – it was their game to lose at that point. I thought the Seahawks were just hanging around, doing what they could, but I thought the Patriots are going to come out, you know, as they're known for second-half um, adjustments, great coaching. I thought the Patriots are going to come out, and it was going to be their game to lose. Well, they were losing it because the Seahawks dominated in the third. You had the Bobby Wagner pick. You had the Seahawks by 10, 24-14. Um, then the fourth quarter rolled around, and I sent out – um, it was either right at the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth quarter. It was 9 o'clock in the evening, and I retweeted this at the end of the game because I said a lot of people are counting the Patriots out. There's way too much time to do that. The Patriots are too well coached. They have too many great players. They play too much like a team for this to be over. Mm -hmm. And I ended up looking like Nostradamus because Brady had some magic in the fourth. There was an incredible defensive play made, and uh, Patriots come out on top the the weird thing is, for you know, the second time in what seven, eight years, almost another crazy catch rewrote what would have been history. Yeah. Um, when Russell Wilson was able to hit um, Jermaine Curse down at like the two yard line or inside the five yard line or something on this bobble catch, it was just ridiculous. I mean, we were sitting there like, oh my, I can't believe that just happened. 
because we thought that um, the Patriots had the game won. 28-24, right, right. they were stopping them. There was very little time left, and then this happens, and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to happen goal. again. This it, is it's David happening to the, it's all happening over to the again. again. Right. In Glendale, Arizona, like how yeah. many, all that stuff becoming, you know, David Tyree, Jermaine Curse, you know, it's like I was just sitting there, like, like, I didn't really care. I wanted the Patriots to win just because I think I'm on the show, I was rooting for him, whatever. I just couldn't believe it. You know, thinking about my family up in New England, like, just like what are they thinking right now? <laughs> this is happening. Um, but then the Cats didn't change history or what would have been history because a play call that happened two moments later did and now that's what's everything everyone's talking about on first down from inside the five i think it was like a minute left right like there was it wasn't like there were like 15 seconds left no there was about a minute um seahawks called their workhorse marshawn lynch four yard gain down to the one like right around 40 some seconds left clock running belichick not taking timeouts people were screaming why does he need to take timeouts or you need to let him score blah 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 you got to give brady time he didn't for whatever reason Second down from the one, I, okay, you know, you're seeing it happen. You're like, okay, from the one with Marshall, Sean Lynch on the team, that's weird. Maybe they have a play. Apparently they had a play. Um, Russell Wilson looked to an illegal, natural kind of pick play um, where the, the receivers split up to the wide right. Um, one goes forward, one loops around. The defenders are, have tough time covering it. Well, the Patriots covered it, and the guy actually met um, Ricardo Lockett, like at the at the ball at the same time, and he picked it off. And his name is Malcolm Butler, an undrafted free agent that signed with the Patriots, little league, uh, little team, you know, no big college experience. He ends up being a Super Bowl hero um, because he's able to intercept the Russell Wilson pass, save the game. Essentially, there was a little bit of stuff going on where he should have probably stayed in the end zone. He took it out, and then. It, they uh, had to take a knee from the one, which they couldn't. They had to get them to jump off sides, and there was a scuffle, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, everyone's focusing on that play. Why would you not call a run on right. second down and give it to Marshawn Lynch? And, and here's the thing I don't get. If you're going to call a pass with Russell Wilson, he does so well when you run him out of the pocket. You know, like, move the pocket. Like, I understand you don't want to take a sack, you know, and so you don't want to rush it. So, you know, you pass it, and you think, oh, worst case, you know, it's going to be, in their, you know, knocked down. Well, no, worst case, it's intercepted and you lose the Super Bowl, and that's what happened. Um, I, again, I I don't really get it. I don't blame the play calls. Like, some people do, like, you know, aggressive play calling. And some people call it stupid play calling, I guess. You have Marshall Lynch. I don't get it. I don't agree with it. But, like, there are countless times during the game where I'm watching and I'm like, I don't really get that play call. But you know what? I'm not paid millions of dollars no. to call plays. I know. Um, it's, it's armchair like, quarterbacking. You right, know. right. And if they score, no one says anything. Well, I think people will be like, wow, that was a good call, but an, it works. If it's an incomplete pass. It doesn't matter. Everybody's like, oh, well. Stop the no, clock. Right. Yeah. Stop the clock. They have a chance. I think it's basically said, we thought it was a good play call. Maybe it would catch them off guard because we would expect the run. If it's incomplete, it stops the clock, which we'll need. If we're going to run the ball, you know, they're going to run. They said we're going to run the ball in third and fourth down. They wanted to do something different here. Now, what I think this boils down to is less about the Seahawks and the play call and the execution as it does to the Patriots and their the incredible coaching and preparation. Unknown guy. Yeah. Because not only did 
he know what to do, and we'll get into that shortly. But they had the personnel in to stop this right. because they they probably knew as well as the Seahawks did what they were going to do. Probably the knew. They probably knew they're going to run on first down, pass on second, run on third and fourth. They probably they, knew they exactly knew the way that there was going to be. Might have been from videotape and practices, <laughs> but they knew what they were going to run. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not live right now, so you can take okay. it on. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. Um, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, they, you, you hit it perfectly. The preparation is, is unbelievable, um, and and they had their guys in the right place. And it's funny because we talked about this with the Patriots, kind of the, the flipped coin a couple of weeks ago, when um, you know we talked about the Ravens not being able to respond. They didn't have the right personnel. They were confused. They didn't call out. You know they they you know kind of complained about the not kind of they didn't complain about um, some you know the not reporting and reporting. But also in that game, I believe it was that game, um, if you remember, like we talked about, they ran the same, I think that was the one where we ended up talking about the article later. The Ravens, when they were in there and had to kick the field goal, they ran yep. the same plays yep. that they ran earlier. And you can, if you fool Patriots once, good for you. Yeah. You're not going to get them again. That was You're not going to get them again. Right. And I feel this isn't the exact same situation where they ran, you know, that kind of like pick play for a touchdown early in the game. But you know, unless you've got like a surefire in there, I, you know, I, I wouldn't really do it. And I guess they look at it throwing uh, the ball 15 yards, you know, but real like 15 yards from hand to hand, really. You know, we're really throwing it for one yard. That nothing can really go wrong here. Except when you throw screen passes, Stuff can go wrong, especially screen passes to the wide receivers. In, in a tight situation like that, they're not going to be playing off the receivers. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that would have been a better play on first down because on first down, and here we are, I'm armchair quarterbacking or you know, coaching here. But you call it on first down, you know, the teams were probably on the goal line or close to it on the first down when they were a little further out. And the ball came up to the line. Because, to be honest, if I get illegal contact, I'm not letting you score. I'm not letting you score. Yeah. Cool. I'll give you a million first downs in a row from the one yard line. I'm not letting you score. Yeah, you yeah. you up. Right. So they're, they're on top of you. They're going to jump everything there. You know, like I, I, I don't get it, but it's pretty much the extent of it. I don't get it. I'm not saying it was the, the wrong call. It didn't turn out the way they wanted it. Why did he say that? He said they ran it in practice. They knew the Seahawks ran this on the goal line, that it happened. And he actually said, Bennett Brown came up to him and said, don't get it. Why did he say 